again everyone and welcome to episode 18 of now we're talking this is a podcast about communication skills i'm rob danish from the university of waterloo and i'm a professor of communication studies there um as part of um at waterloo i've taught a speech writing class for the last few years and one of the things we're going to talk about today is one of the central lessons of that speech writing class and the lesson pertains both to public speaking and to the art of writing. So it's a kind of combination. And it also flows directly out of the conversations we've been having about sentences and sentence structure. And um, it's sort of the central trick, I would say, to effective speech writing um, and effectively developing sentences that are impactful and that have a degree of eloquence to them. And that central trick has to do with the construction of the central, what's called scheme of balance. And I want to say a few things about schemes first, um, and then why the scheme of balance is so important and, and why parallelism, which is really what this episode is about, why parallelism in, in writing or parallel structure in writing is so important. Uh, a scheme is a kind of patterned organization of a sentence. So um, the schemes of words involve um, organizing or structuring sentences in particular ways with the idea of producing an effect in mind. And for millennia, essentially, uh, schemes were a central kind of way of learning how to write and speak in any given language. And there are lots and lots of, uh, lots and lots of schemes so we're not going to go through all of them. Um, but here, um, the reason they were central components of an education in rhetoric was that uh, students of rhetoric were learning how to most effectively organize or structure their sentences. And the scheme of, and there are many schemes of what's called balance. Um, and a scheme of balance is simply the introduction of an idea of the idea that a sentence should have a kind of balanced structure to it. Once it has a balanced structure, it has a degree of eloquence that it didn't have before. And sentences with balanced structures are more impactful. They're more memorable. Uh, they're better able to um, evoke emotional responses and they're better able to rationally outline the validity of a case. The central scheme of balance is what's called parallelism. And parallelism or parallel structure is simply the creation of a similar structural pattern in a series of related words, phrases, or clauses. So essentially what you're doing is you're creating a pattern inside a sentence that's the same and that's often repeated at least twice if not three times, uh, and occasionally more. It's one of, parallelism is one of the basic principles of grammar and rhetoric. It demands that equivalent things be set forth 
in what would what we might call coordinated grammatical structures. So nouns get yoked with nouns, prepositional phrases with prepositional phrases, adverb clauses with adverb clauses. When we ignore the principle of parallel structure, not only is the grammar of coordination violated, but the kind of rhetorical coherence of a sentence is messed up. Students are, at least my students in my speech writing class, I try to make them realize that violations of parallelism are serious, not because they impair or make communication more difficult, but because they do two things. One, they reflect a kind of disorderly thinking. They are confused and they show confusion on the part of the rhetor, the writer, or the speaker. And two, because that parallel structure, coordinating things grammatically in, parallel, in terms of parallel structure can be highly influential or at least can amplify the affective power of speech or writing. When you see a coordinating conjunction one of your sentences, and a coordinating conjunction is a word like and, you should check to make sure that the elements joined by the conjunction are the same grammatical kind. So that's just simple grammar. So that kind of check prevents you from writing sentences like this one. Uh, teenagers who dance the frog or the jerk are either wild or juvenile delinquents or both. The things coordinated by the or are do not have parallel structure. They're not the same. Um, so if there's an or or an and in your sentence, look at the two things on the other side of the or or the and and identify whether or not they're coordinated grammatically, which by which I mean they're the same kind of word performing the same kind of function. Um, so when the parallel elements, when parallel elements in a sentence are similar, not only in structure, but in length, that is, you know, here we're talking about the same number of words, even the same number of syllables, There, that's a scheme called isocolon. Um, that's not so important. But the addition of the symmetry of length and similarity of structure it creates a, and here this is critically important, it creates a rhythm for the sentence. And all sentences have rhythm, emphasis, and tone. Um, obviously, you don't need to strive for everything to be rhythmical, but having a rhythm to your sentences can be very important, especially in public speaking. Well, rhythm comes from largely from parallel structure, or at least from coordinating phrases grammatically. Um, so since parallelism is advice that we res oh, that we use when we're, um, well, let me put it this way. Since parallelism is also coordinating kind of elements grammatically, it's also a thing that we can use when we're trying to develop an idea, specify an idea, or enumerate an idea. In other words, it's a way of adding complexity and depth to your sentence by developing some core idea in that sentence through an act of parallel coordination. Um, okay, so we gotta talk about some examples of parallelism so that you, that that's, I make sure I'm being clear here. Um, and there's a couple of places we can look to through for examples, but here are a couple sort of obvious, obvious places. We'll go to the Declaration of Independence, we'll go to Abraham Lincoln, and then we'll go to Barack Obama. Um, here's the Declaration of Independence. For the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine 
on the protection of divine protection. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. So our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor is a repeated structure that's the same in the series. That's building parallel structure in. Uh, here's Abraham Lincoln. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from those honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. There's several forms of parallel structure built in there, but the, the phrase, um, where the phrasing that's, um, that we here highly resolve that this nation shall have, and then that, the, that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not. So that subject shall object, uh, and then even embedded in there by the people, for the people, uh, of the people, by the people, for the people is another uh, parallel structure. Um, so Lincoln is building rhythm and parallelism into that, into his sentences schematically there. Um, so why don't we take a look at Obama's second inaugural? And I've had my students read this just recently. In part, we read it because um, all of us had to suffer through hearing Donald Trump's first inaugural speech, which was uh, disconcerting um, in so many ways. And we'll get to talking about that, hopefully, in some later episode. But uh, Obama's second inaugural is a kind of masterpiece of parallel structure. And he is a kind of master of rhythm in a certain way. And the rhythm always comes from a parallel structure in his speeches. So here are just a few examples of some passages from the second, from Obama's second inaugural. And see here, the, the parallel structure is, so parallel structure can be small. It can be large. It can be the repetition of a pattern of a whole sentence or just two coordinating elements. So here toward the beginning of the second inaugural, Together, we determined that a modern economy requires railroads and highways to speed travel and commerce. The two things on the other sides of the and are coordinated. Schools and colleges to train our workers. So the economy requires railroads and highways, schools and colleges. They are put in parallel structure. To speed and to train. Parallel structure. Uh, so the, the structure comes from the coordinating elements, railroad and highways, schools and colleges, to speed and then to train, the verbs that are repeated afterward. Um, let's see, here are some other examples. Uh, but we have always understood that when times change, so must we. That fidelity to our founding principles requires new responses to new challenges. That preserving our individual freedoms ultimately requires collective action. That fidelity to our, so, so the repetition there. Uh, for the American people can no more meet the demands of today's world by acting alone than American soldiers could have met the forces of fascism and communism, communism with muskets and militias. So here we have American people can no more meet, American soldiers could have met. Um, no single person can train all the math and science teachers we'll need to equip our children for the future or build the roads and networks and research labs that will bring new jobs and businesses to our shores. So we're building roads, networks, and research labs, all coordinated. 
Uh, now more than ever, we must do these things together as one nation and one people. Um, so here, uh, this is the line I was looking for. America's possibilities are limitless, for we possess all the qualities that this world without boundaries demands. Youth and drive, diversity and openness, and then less capacity of risk and a gift for reinvention. So there's coordinating elements put not side by side and then lined up three in a row. Um, so the, the, um, there, there's lots and lots of other examples. You can look at that speech. It's dripping with, with parallel structure. Hopefully at this point, I'm being perfectly clear about what parallelism is and what work it does. Uh, parallel structure also lends itself in public speaking to repetition. So repetition is more a key of writing for public speech than it is of writing in general, writing letters or business memos or things like that. Um, but schemes of repetition are very important to public speaking because they form focal points for a speech, allow or coordinate the rhythm of an entire piece of discourse and orient the attention of a listener in profound and important ways. So parallel structure is also in public speaking a product of the repetition of key phrases in key places. Um, Obama, the, the, um, Obama still, or, or, you know, he, later on in that speech, he repeats, we the people still believe, we the people still believe uh, in several places, and that we the people um, then declare later on in the speech. The repetition is spread out. It's not like there's a repetition from each sentence to each sentence. The repetition is at the level of the paragraph, but each paragraph starts out with we the people believe, we the people, and then followed by an active verb. That's what I mean by parallel structure also operating as a kind of repetition for a whole piece of discourse. That repetition and that creates, that creates a kind of parallel structure between paragraphs themselves, which is also possible. Um, Let's see. Um, so parallelism is, I think, the simplest grammatical way to add style or beauty or eloquence to your writing, to expand ideas, to make them more complex, but to ensure that there's balance and rhythm in your sentences. That's really the, the smallest and shortest and easiest trick grammatically for structuring sentences in an improved manner. Um, I think that's all I want to say about parallel structure for this particular episode. Uh, we can get into, and in the next episode, we will get into more schemes. And there are a bunch more schemes that, that we should talk about. There are schemes of repetition, other schemes of repetition, other schemes of balance, um, other schemes of omission, etc. cetera. Uh, those schemes are more are most appropriate to the act of speech writing or writing for speech. Um, they're not always perfect for writing for other genres or other kind of avenues, but we should still know them. Um, and that's what we'll do next week. And maybe after we get to that, we'll, we can start to talk more about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and uh, rhetorical practices related to, to those two. So I hope everyone has a good week. I hope everyone starts including parallel structure into their writing at all times and in all places. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.